Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobbleworks, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobblewilhoit. We are celebrating the winter solstice and I have shared with you many times on the podcast that the word solstice has a built-in invitation to pause and reflect because the word itself means for the sun to stand still. And it's this word stillness that we've looked at with the solstice a number of times how there is a quieting when we talk about stillness, but how there is also a persistence with stillness. Some issue, some challenge, some joy, some state of being, being around, persisting in its presence is another definition of stillness something sticking around. Sometimes, you know, we encounter something sticking around way beyond its welcome. We want something to be over with. We want, we want to say goodbye to something. Or we simply can't wait any longer for something to arrive. And so there is a built-in notion of our own restlessness with the word stillness. It's funny that it is a paradox word to me that immediately makes us think of quiet, but underneath, we don't have to dig too far in our own experience to bear witness to an anxiousness, either in waiting for something to go or waiting for something to come with this word. Something is still here or still not here. I think that one thing that is living with me right now with the winter solstice in particular is how weak the light can feel. When it is up during the day, it is a quiet, low-hanging light. It is a light just above the horizon. It's not a light at our zenith, the Earth's zenith. It's not a light that is above us. It is a light that is around us, that is just peaking at our own height, our own visual level. It doesn't get much higher than the the horizon line for many, many people in the Northern Hemisphere. And this has a particularly beautiful invitation to the traditional Christian Christmas story, I think, as well. The light of the world, as it is told in Christian tradition, is born on Christmas Day. Born and embodied and enfleshed and incarnated as all humans are born, embodied, enfleshed, and incarnated as a child, as a being that is dependent, vulnerable, fragile, The light of the world comes not as an overhead dominating light, not a light that shines 
on top of everything, illuminating all things, perhaps even overpowering at times all things. The light of the world is said to be born in a season and in a way that is among us, around us, through us, between us, on our level. It makes me think of all of the tender parts within me that I think I too hastily call weak. Parts that I have a restlessness with. Parts that I have a limited patience with because they are still present within me. Parts I think that should be more mature by now. Parts that I should have outgrown by now. Parts that should not be a part of me. Parts that should be stronger. Parts that should be more resilient, more creative. Parts that should be tougher, more productive, smarter, clearer, more vibrant. Those parts of me, I have a tendency to greet with admonition, with judgment. I get impatient and restless and harsh with myself pretty easily. I think that that's something most of us can relate to, a kind of inner critic that is monitoring, you know, our, our growth and our development from a place of progress and results. That's certainly how so much of our life is structured. And yet, we as human beings, we as spiritual beings, we as, as beings that are marriages, unions, blends of matter and spirit, we do not follow the dictates and the rules and regulations solely of product and output. We ebb and flow, we wax and wane, we go forward, we go back, we spiral. We ascend and descend on our journeys, inward and outward. And so when we encounter parts of ourselves that don't seem to measure up, that don't seem to progress and grow and accomplish and get complete, the way so many other things do in our measured day-to-day life, there is a tendency to be harsh and critical and, and ask these parts of ourselves, why are you like this? Why can't you just get with the program or get over it or get going already? Why are you stuck? Or why are you impulsive? Why are you so embarrassing? Why are you so screwed up? Why are you still so broken or hurt or sad or confused? Why is this issue that you have, this way of looking at things, this condition you live with, why is it still here? We have a stillness about us that is restless and frustrating at times. And it is usually part, a part of us that is so vulnerable, tender, It's a part, typically, that needs a lot of love, a lot of ongoing attention and care and mercy and compassion and guidance and support. And yet it's the thing that we often come at with the most critique 
and the most harshness. I wonder what it would feel like to us, regardless of how we approach this classical Christian Christmas story in the Christian tradition, theologically, like regardless of theologically, where you fall on the very, very broad spectrum of relating to this story. What if we could tease out one ray of light from it and ask ourselves if we too, like Jesus, like the light of the world, our matter and spirit, can we see ourselves or just parts of ourselves and others and parts of others that are vulnerable and dependent, that are infant, that are fragile, that are tender, that are gentle, and instead of respond with a frustrating, persistent urge to grow and mature and to be over with something, what if we turn to those parts of ourselves and to each other with the love that we would turn towards a vulnerable child? What if we looked at our vulnerability as a vibrant light, but one that needs a sheltering presence, a hand cupped around the candle flame? I mean, this is a story that says even Jesus is fragile right now. Just like the winter light is a fragile light, a present light, a real light, but a fleeting kind of tentative light. A light that is just above the horizon that is on our level, but not a light above us, a light among us. If we are to see our own humanity reflected in the Christmas story, can we see our vulnerability reflected in something that is sacred and precious? And how can we orient towards our light as not just the shining star in the darkness, not just the gauge of inner wisdom or the inner compass, But what if we turn towards our light within and the light in others and treat it with the gentleness that we would treat a child? I I wonder about this every year, about how The stories and the songs get so excited about the the beauty of this babe that's born. And I, I love those songs. I sing them too. They're wonderful. And they definitely enliven and enlighten me to a degree. But the verbiage around them is re- revealing the infancy of the light of the world, the smallness as something that is revealing its purity or its humility. And I'm wondering what it feels like to see it as a revelation of vulnerability and dependency, of interconnectedness, of a lineage that we all share. We all come from a birth mother 
And we all have parts of ourselves that we are still birthing, still carrying. We are all seed bearers and lantern bearers of our own humanity. And there are aspects of that humanity that are persistently needing compassionate care and tenderness. Parts of ourselves that are perpetually gentle and tender and young and vulnerable and fragile. And we would, I don't think any of us easily turn to the image of the light of the world of a babe and say, (laughs) you got to be kidding me. This is the image of strength and power and love and transformation. I mean, you're just like a tiny little nothing. You can't even feed yourself. That kind of contempt would be weird and off-putting for many people directed at any child that would be wrong, just irrational. And yet we often speak to ourselves with the same kind of contempt towards our most most vulnerable places. The solstice is a time that I think also reminds us, and I wanna pause and just say really quickly like, I understand that historically speaking, the church and institution placed the birth of Christ into our Western solar sun-based calendar. Like I realized there was an intentionality there. I realized that we don't actually have any proof beyond proof of the day that this person, Jesus of Nazareth, was born. But There is a beautiful intentionality with the placement of the story of his birth in our Western solar-based calendar. And that is that on the day of the solstice, which we call in in the wintertime, the longest night of the year, we do not experience with our senses the dawning of the light the coming of the light, not the next day, not the next day, and usually not the next day. There's often almost a three-day window around each solstice before our human senses can really grok and really comprehend visually and sensibly with our own inner rhythms and circadian cycles. There's, there's a several-day delay before we can notice the, the real physical change in the light, even though it had been present and changing for several days prior. So that means that the longest night of the year is the 21st in, as the winter solstice. And it's the longest day of the year for the summer solstice. But no human sense is going to really pick up that the night is getting shorter or the day is getting shorter in the Southern Hemisphere for a few more days. The winter solstice and the being a few days before 
the birth of the light of the world tells us that we often know there is hope on the horizon. We often know there is a deeply seated love in us, in each other, and in this world. But we know of its promise before we know of its embodiment, before we feel it. And that has us with a kind of stillness too. The light was supposed to have come. The science and the earth says it has come. And still we don't see it. The light of the world is born. They are supposed to be powerfully transformative, a threshold into new ways of understanding and loving, a gate that let us, lets us see a spectrum of life beyond fear and beyond death and beyond wounding and beyond hate and beyond violence and beyond brutality. This light of the world is supposed to be a powerful, powerful embodiment of eternity and singularity. It's supposed to be a being that changes the very way we see ourselves and we see each other and changes the way we understand love to work, to be inclusive and embracing and healing and restorative rather than dominating and exclusive and gatekeeping. And yet we hear these promises in the story and in the songs. But when this person is born, when this being is, is birthed, they are still just a baby like all of us have been just a baby. Whatever power and transformation they are going to enflesh, embody, incarnate for themselves and for the rest of humanity, whatever doors they're going to open internally for our own understanding and externally to be to create bridges between people. It, it's not here yet. This being is a child. They are little. They are dependent. They are a light that is among us, just above the horizon, as they are right now. And that gives me incredible loving permission again to look at the places in me that I think still aren't ripe and still aren't ready to greet those places with love and affection and joy and tenderness and care and mercy and compassion just as I would any delicate beautiful young thing filled with brimming potential, vitality, purpose, and a story not yet written. That is the, the gateway to my own sense of wonder, internally and externally. I wonder what would happen 
if I treat my tender parts more gently, I wonder what they would grow into after consistent, gentle, loving care. In the same way that everyone surrounding Jesus would have been wondering, just like all families welcoming a new member into their midst, are holding that child and saying, I wonder what life has in store for them, and speaking hope and blessing into that space of wonder, into that story not yet written, into that day that is not fully dawned. So I invite you this solstice to do as the sun and the darkness invite you to do, invite me to do, invite all of us to do, to slow down and be still, just as the sun seems to be still in the sky for a moment, to be still, to be quiet, to let the quiet that comes over us reveal the stillness in us that is restless, that is anxious, that wants something to be different. And then to let the naming of that restless stillness bring us into closer relationship with the stillness that exists in spirit. A pervasive, persistent, abiding presence. Spirit is still here. Love is still here. In you, in me, in our world. I invite you to let the sun and the darkness put you on that small journey and and give you the permission to see that even the most sacred story about a most sacred force and being in the world is still a story of fragility and vulnerability, one that needs and is asking for compassion. And how can we give that to ourselves and to each other in modeling what we would do if the child was present with us. Letting ourselves wonder what would grow inside of us if we were consistently giving our most vulnerable selves and our most vulnerable parts of each, of each other in our shared community consistent compassion, love, protection, and embrace. This image at the solstice, I will wrap up by saying, um, well, there is an image that comes to me every year between the solstice and Christmas Day. And it is this one of stillness. But I see an image of the sacred, of spirit, as the divine mother stretching her body across the cold, quiet earth, an earth that is not replete with fruitfulness and harvest and abundance, but an earth that is hard and feels and looks ravaged and worn and threadbare and cold. And I imagine the Holy Mother Spirit, she, she is stretching out over the arc of this earth, putting her hand to the curve of the earth as if it is the curve of her own body 
letting the curve of the earth be the curve of her own body, letting her ear nestle in to the soil and listening quietly for what she knows is coming and already present, the stirrings of life under the layers of what is immediately visible. And then the image shifts and she beckons me. She beckons you. Come here. Would you come here and sit with me? And she pats the earth. And we're invited to curl up like a little inside spoon against her body and let her arm touch the earth and lead our arm and hand to touch the earth and hear her say, listen to the deeper layers of what is happening beneath the surface of your own being. Still yourself, get quiet, tune in, listen to the earth of your own days, the earth of your own being, your own experiences, Tell me what is stirring there. We're free to say in this embrace, I don't know if I can endure or still put up with the things that I still have to do or put up with. My stamina is growing thin. We are allowed to name our restless stillness. And we are welcomed in hearing her affirm in our ear as we have one of our ears unto the belly of our own being and the, the belly of our shared life together. We are welcomed to hear her whisper to us, I am still with you. I can still hold you and carry you. I can still keep safe with you everything that is tender and vulnerable and small and delicate and vulnerable and, and gentle and needing compassion and love and care. I can still hold that for you and with you. I can still keep your heart alight with hope and peace that goes into your roots and your bones. I can abide with you and within you. I am still here. And in that way, with that image, it is the solstice to Christmas Day that makes me feel most like I am in the womb of God and like I can be a seed bearer and a lantern bearer for the things that want to be born through me but may need a long, long, long time of gentle holding and care. And even when they are born, there may be parts of me just like there may be parts of you that are always going to need 
a tender embrace, a hug, a close proximity of body to body, loving, compassionate, welcoming presence. There may be parts of us that are never walking without help, never able to 100% feed ourselves, never 100% independent. There may be parts of us always that are young and needing and dependent. And what the winter light and the Christmas story says to me is that that is not only okay, that is sacred. It is precious. It is loved and lovable, and it is worth protecting and honoring in ourselves and in each other with compassion and kindness and with mercy. I hope this night is a night that is so long that you cannot help but see not just one guiding star around you and within you, but millions. I hope this is a night that is long enough that you are able to name what has you restless and anxious, what is still hanging around, and just long enough to receive the words from Spirit saying, I am still with you, so that that love can sink in and make you feel, let you feel, a deeper quiet stillness of sanctuary within. I have every intention to come back and share something next week. I'm going to be traveling for Christmas to be in connection with people I dearly love, knowing that I am saying goodbye to one person, perhaps for the last time, as they are in a closing chapter of their life. And I will be saying goodbye to people I dearly love who live far away and who I wish could be as close as I feel the mother holds me and holds all of us. But my arms don't stretch that far in reality. So what I'm saying is that my own... (laughs) crying on the podcast again, my own tenderness may have me very quiet next week, feeling my own anxiousness and restlessness and needing to be in those sacred spaces with other people, feeling spirit's presence in our gathering. And it may be that I won't surface from that too much to share a podcast. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what grows and what stirs. If I don't gather with you on the podcast next week, for all of the ways that you celebrate this holiday, I send you my profound gratitude for sharing the journey with me. I see the shadow that is in all of our lives, and I see the light that is in all of our lives the shadow and darkness that is sheltering, the shadow and darkness that is obscuring, 
that lives in me. I see the shadow that shelters and obscures in you. And for what enlivens and is a flame and a light and is a, is a light in me, I see what is enlivened, alighted, and a light in you. For the both and that this season holds so beautifully and so tenderly, may you hold yourself with that same grace. Talk to you soon.